Hello, and welcome to Minnesota Soil Health Coalition's podcast. This is Kelly, the Coalition Assistant. Here, we'll discuss the principles of soil health and chat with those who advocate for it in Minnesota. The Minnesota Soil Health Coalition recently had their very first soil health school, where participants could go to interactive booths to talk with farmers and professionals who are committed to building soil health. One such booth focused on cover crop seed mixes, facilitated by TJ Cardis with Saddle Butte Egg, a forage and cover crop seed distributor based out of Oregon. I decided to talk with TJ more about Saddle Butte Egg and their mission to build soil health. However, for TJ, his experiences with farming sustainably began at a much earlier age. So I, I grew up in southern Minnesota, uh, a, a cash crop. It was a dairy farm that converted to a cash crop farm that had beef, cattle, and hogs. And my uncle's dad, my grandfather, passed away when he was young, so he took over at a young age. And I grew up right across the road, so the story always was I'd go over to his side with my grandmother and my uncle and I'd learn all the good things and I'd go to the other side of the road and learn everything else about life from my <laughs> parents. So, but, but the beauty of, of the family farm is my uncle was very, very cons- conservation minded at a younger age. He just didn't understand why we did things just to do stuff. So the moldboard plow went away in the, in the mid seventies and he started chisel plowing, which was a big move at that time. Nobody, nobody did that. Mm-hmm. And it let me grow up watching that you can make changes and you won't go broke doing it. Mm. And then in 87, due to economic times, he got rid of all the tillage equipment and went to Ridge Till. And I got to watch that. I graduated from high school in 1986. Um, so it was right during the farm crunch. We were told to get away from the farm and be ag retailers. And I always kind of laugh about that as they told us go be ag retailers and they're telling the farm was going to die. I didn't know who we were going to be selling to, but that's what we did. Mm. So we went to, I went to college and I got, a, I got a finance degree and a business degree and part of it was in sales. And I took enough, uh, I took enough classes for agronomy and feed to be dangerous in it, but I never just focused on that. So as the farm was evolving, I was evolving through this too. And I went to work for a, a feed company for 20 years and worked with a lot of hog integrators and, and got good with working with contracts and with growers and and that type of positioning. We had canning crops in our area, so we learned how to take crops off early, put in oats and other things afterwards. So that helped. And then in 2009, I went to one of my first cover crop meetings and I brought it home to my uncle and I said, we gotta look at this. And we toyed with it for a while. And then in 2012, we made the total commitment to covers. In 2015, we went no-till of covers. And in the process, he's had the third crop of small grain. So I've seen this all evolve I always say I'm, I'm part of the farm that I get to do all this without having a lot of the financial burdens of it. So it's been really a great venture for me. In 2012, I went to work for Saddle Butte at the same time. Mm. And the beauty of Saddle Butte was it's a privately owned company. They can, Don and Marianne, the starters of the company can trace their roots back into the, in the Willamette Valley in Oregon back to before it was a state. So they've been there a long time and Don has been very active in the Ryegrass Commission and and the implication of cover crops and no-till in his valley. He's a no-tiller. He doesn't remove the straw from the farms, which is great. So he he practices what he preaches out there. And then uh, in 2001, he met Ron Eltoff, who was working down in Effingham, Illinois, and they formed Saddle Butte Ag. And that company's been going since 2001, marketing cover crops and forage crops in the Midwest. 
I came on six years ago, seven years, they put on another rep. So we have four reps for the entire of US that we handle. So we have three warehouses. We have two cleaning plants on Willamette Valley. We have four warehouses in the Midwest. We have four reps. So we're not top heavy by people by any means. And I think that's great because we can control our costs that way. We also have a 7,000 acre farm that daughter and son-in-law operate. And so they're one of our major growers. So the difference of our company versus other companies out there is the farm side is separate. And then we have Saddle Butte Ag, which is a seed division. And through the seed division, we have Biotill cover crops and Forage 360. And the reason we have the two divisions is people get confused when we're at trade shows. Well, this is cover crops. It doesn't have to do with forage. This is forage. It doesn't have to do with cover crops. They're the same crops. You're just using it different ways to promote the same oh, soil health. Healthy soil, healthy, healthy cattle, healthy humans. So what are some of the key differences between cover crop seed mixes and forage seed mixes? So, you know, we'll go to a trade show and we'll be standing there at the biotail cover crops and a cattle guy will walk up and say, well, <laughs> I need feed. So, you know, like, a, like turnips and kale are great grazers. So you can graze those. So if you have cattle and you plant those crops, you can graze cattle on them. They're great for soil health because they're, they're scavenging up nutrients. They're breaking up your mm -hmm. compaction layers, your earthworm magnets. The sorghum sedans, the same way sedan grasses, they're high mycorrhizal fungi hosts, which is great for your soil side for this cover crops. But on the same side, there's a huge feed value. So as we put the mixes together and we put like annual ryegrass and, and the, summer, the summer grasses and the winter grasses and, and the winter brassicas or the cool season brassicas, the warm season brassicas, we put these mixes together. If you're going to do forage, we might up the rates. If you're going to graze it, we'll look at that. If you're going to forage it, we'll look at a different rate. If you're just doing a cover crop, we might drop everything down by a third mm. because you don't have to have 110 pounds of cereal rye if you're just going for weed suppression and a cover crop. You could do 56 pounds. If you're going for a forage, you need 112 pounds to make good forage. So it's really the division of you know, what are you, what do you need for your operation? And I think that's where sometimes when people walk by booths, they think, well, it just covers, it doesn't apply to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why we form the two different brands. So we can show people how they intertwine together. They're the same products. It just depends on how we put the mixes together for you for what we're trying to accomplish in your operation. One valuable feature of Saddle Butte Egg is that they promote soil health predominantly through the education of their clients. This, as TJ indicates, creates a solid foundation for farmers to confidently adopt practices to build soil health. Education drives our sales. And I, and I believe that. Don believes that. Kate, Kate, um, Kate and Kathy, who are president and vice president, also believe that, that we need to do education as much as possible, like events like we did the Soil Health School, and educate, and the sales will come with that. Because if you get good education, give you an explanation, people will come and buy from you because they trust you. So the soil health side is we really promote because the farm does it the same thing out in the valley, very, very limited tillage, no till, do not remove the straw, multi-species crops. They raise multi-species crops. We bring the same things here and raise it after our, after our crops here. So I believe the education is something that sets us apart from other companies. We're not just selling you seed. We're gonna, we're gonna work with you on education. We're gonna work through your system that you're working with and educate you on how it can work into your system, how you can make small changes to make your system and your, and your operation better. 
and this commitment to education is not limited to Saddle Butte's clients. Representatives like TJ take advantage of the opportunity to learn through their interactions with farmers and ranchers. I, I get educated every time I go to something. I learn too. And my job is to keep learning so I can keep passing it on to my producers and my growers and my dealers. That's so important. And I was going to say, that's one of my favorite things, I think, from when uh, you had your booth at the Soil Health School is the really great conversation that went back and forth, um, the different perspectives from all these different producers and, and hearing um, their struggles and their successes with cover crops and um, having someone who's on the other side of it really be able to say, well, this, this is good feedback, you know, and know that, that, um, that is going to someone who can take that into consideration when, they, when you guys uh, continue to do services for, for uh, farmers around the country. Well, and, and at my booth, I, I tried to bring that out to people and, you know, for on this podcast, people weren't there. We had multi-species uh, from different companies and, and I, I took a different approach. I did a multi-species and I did a couple basic mixes. And what I was trying to get across is you can build these elaborate, huge mixes and go crazy with them and have 50 things in there. But if you don't know what 49 of them are doing, it's, it's not really beneficial. Mm -hmm. to you. If, you, if you can have four and then come out and dig in the field and show what those four roots look like, even if they're not huge, but what it's doing for the carbon sequestration or soil and the, and the microbial life that lives under that because of that. And you want to put different species out there to two different things in the soil and feed the soil microbial life underneath our feet. That's just a huge, a pool of livestock that if, if they're working hard, our soil's working hard, our water's going to be clean. We're going to keep nitrogen and phosphorus where it belongs. We're going to, we're going to put carbon in, take it out of the atmosphere and put it back in the soil where it belongs. I mean, those are just huge, huge benefits that this will do for us. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I've been actually reading a lot, you know, out of the United Nations reports that come out and everything. Um, and there's been a lot of focus on increasing biodiversity. And I know you're talking about with the different species. Is that kind of where you imagine farmers are going kind of like the end result that you want to be able to educate them on as many species as you can so they can really just continue to create the biodiversity on their farm? Absolutely. You know, it's, it, I was at a, actually I was on an event over the weekend. It was a farmer led watershed group in Wisconsin. They had an open house in the afternoon and the guy next to me presenting was saying, you know, if you eat steak every day, and I love steak, about the 50th day, you'd be like, I am sick of steak. <laughs> I can't eat. Give me a salad. You know, get the greens out. I got to have some green. So, yeah, I think our soil's the same way. We need, you know, even, and I'll have guys say this to me all the time, you know, producers will say, I use those legumes you sold me, and I use those brassicas. They only got four or five inches tall or three mm -hmm. inches where they really beneficial. Well, when you do the seed count and there's 180,000 of them out there and you dig and you show all these little roots down there, well, every one of those roots has a different microbial community. Everyone's given a different estuate into the soil. So there's a different fungi or protozoa or bacteria that's living off that, that's feeding off that, that's going to start feeding your plants next year. So that's huge, but it's just that constant carbon uh, that that podcast or that Netflix series that just came out and they showed that 40% of a plant's intake of carbon goes into the soil. Well, <laughs> then you want multiple plants out there doing that for us. Right. And that's where the multi-species will go. But like I said in that presentation I did there, you got to start out with maybe two, three, four, learn what they do, learn how to terminate them, learn how to establish them, and then keep adding to the pot. Yeah, it's a process. It's a process to continue. Yeah. 
Yep. I, I, I equate it to school. You know, I always say most of my guys are like first graders ready to get on the bus and they're excited. And then there's guys that are, you know, more advanced than myself. I mean, there's a lot of them like, you know, a name always comes up is Lauren Steinloggy. He is really advanced in some of the things he's doing in North, Northwest, Northeast Iowa. Well, he's like on his fifth, you know, fifth master's degree. You know, and I, I will tell everybody, most guys are just going to kindergarten or first grade. They learn how to do <laughs> shoes before they do advanced algebra. So let's start you there, but we're going to bring you up fast. We're going to get you there quick. But we just got to start you out where you can get comfortable with it. So it's not that, I mean, the, the calls I'll get. I remember one time I was, I was actually planting beans and, and one of my clients called, I was planting from alcohol. And one of my clients called and he says, Hi, I'm going to get the disc out. I'm going to disc this stuff. It's such a mat. I'm like, just, just calm down. This is fine. Is it closing the trench? Yeah. Is it doing this? Yeah. I said, then just plant the beans and spray it off. You'll be fine. But he was just in a panic. You know, he's out there and the stuff is three feet tall or two and a half feet mm -hmm. tall. And he was just petrified of it. Well, we talked him through it. Best beans he ever had. He just was in love with it. Oh. Well, if I'd have let him get the disc out, it'd have been a nightmare. Right. You know, you'd have done it. It would. Have, so he called me. I talked to him for a half hour. I said, just call me in an hour. Let me know what it looks like. Called me. He said, yeah, it's working good. I said, just keep going. You're fine. Ring's going to be fine, but it's that security. You know, I was sitting in the tractor the same time he was. I said, here's a picture. I sent him a picture. Here's what I'm doing. Oh, is it working? Yeah, I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't working. It's working fine. But <laughs> you got to talk people through that. Give them the education. Give them the good feeling. Yes, you're doing the right thing. Let's stay positive. Well, and that's like the core. That's our, for the Soil Health Coalition, trying to get the farmer-to-farmer -farmer interaction. We're continuously seeing um and hearing from, you know, having a board uh, consisting of all food producers, you know, we know that that's so important for adopting um, more sustainable practices. It's terrifying, but having somebody else that can tell you that they're on the other side of it and they made it through is just huge. Well, we always tell everybody we've made errors, <laughs> you know, so mm -hmm. if we've already made it, I'll tell you what we did and why it didn't work. So don't do that. You can make it work. Let me know how you did it. Well, let's do it for a couple of years and, and prove the concept of it too. Do you guys have any, anything coming up on the horizon that you want to talk about or any events or that, uh, that you want to share with, with the listeners? You know, if you have any new seed mixes or any new research that you guys are coming up with or, or paying attention to. So stuff we've really been watching is, uh, and there's, there's so much research going on right now. The, the, the beauty of the soil health movement right now, I think is, is, excuse me, our land grant universities, and there's multiple people out here looking at this, not just the companies that are trying to sell the products. There's, there's universities, there's private organizations, there's, there's a, a lot of people looking at how are we gonna help this to promote better climate, you know, better air, better water, better soil. I mean, that's, that's the three principles we gotta cover. Um, what we're looking at in the future is, how do we keep adding species to the mixes and giving them economic benefits to say, okay, if you add this to your mix, here's what your economic return is. Because right now, some of my growers and some of my dealers that have been in this for a while with me are coming back saying, okay, what are the, what's the economics here? You know, if we're spending 30 grand a year on covers, where's our economics? And we're showing less tillage, less fuel being used, less inputs being used. So it is showing up. But we're really going to start educating on, on the species. And, and we're looking at new species. You know, uh, there's a lot of things coming with this wheatgrass 
Um, you know, there's a lot of different products coming on the market and we're trying to filter through those to, to pick and choose ones that we think are going to be very beneficial to the producer and the producer to the environment and the environment back to the people that live in town or the, or the nation or the world. Um, as far as events coming up, so we always do the, the major trade shows. We're going to do the Nebraska uh, Farm Power Show the first week of December. We're going to do the Iowa Power Show the first week of February. The national show at Louisville will be a commodity classic. We have booths at all these. So, you know, people are out and about and at these, look us up at these, look, you know, look up Saddle Butte or look up Biotill and you'll find us. And we're going to do some uh, videos this fall on my uncle's farm and some local farms around this area and try to link them up on different sites, link them up on our site. As Saddle Butte looks to the future for more opportunities to educate, they're also finding ways to remind clients that it all starts with the soil. You know, we, we put our corn in a bin after we dry it to, to maintain the quality of it. You know, we put our equipment away, most most producers do, put it away during the winter, you know, try to keep it protected, put our trucks in the sheds, you know, we put our pickups away, put our cars away, we keep our good roofs over our houses, good roofs on our sheds. And the soil, which is a start and the biggest asset we have in farming in the world, no matter who you are, if you live in town or you live in the country, Soil is the start of everything. It's the start of life. And if we don't protect it, we don't armor it, we don't feed it, we're going to deplete it. And that's what we're doing right now. So we have to armor it. We have to feed it. We have to keep good, clean water going through it. And that's what the covers and the reduced tillage will help us with, is all of those factors. We, we do all these other things after the soil, after we take the crop off. But the soil, the start of it, is the thing we abuse the hardest. And, that, and that's, that's a shame that we do. It's, it's our purification system for our water. Yeah. It's, it's a cradle of life. It's where everything comes from. And we just, and, and, and I'm not blaming ag at all. You know, it, it's something we evolved. Agriculture has evolved. When we came here in the prairies here, we had to flip it over. We had to get it smoothed back out. We couldn't, we didn't have the equipment to farm in what was here. Now we have all such advanced equipment, we can go back to mimicking Mother Nature and having multi-species and put the carbon back where it belongs, keep the soil. You know, I get upset when I hear acceptable levels of five ton of soil per acre loss. That's not an acceptable level at all. You know, I know we're gonna have some, but five ton is not an acceptable level because pretty soon you don't make it anymore. The next layer is not a profitable layer for us to farm. just trying to armor our most valuable asset in our operation. And I know guys talk about, you know, my tractors are great and my combine, it, it, right. But if you didn't have good soil, you wouldn't need any of that. You'd have no reason to have that stuff. The soil is the start of it. To find out more about Saddle Butte's mission, their products and upcoming events, go to saddlebutte.com. Thanks to TJ Cardis for talking with me today, and thanks for listening to the Minnesota Soil Health Coalition's podcast. We'll catch you next time. Happy farming.